0: Imagine getting a multi-million dollar check every single year from the NBA for doing absolutely nothing. Let's talk about it. This is High and Low. Yeah. Good day and good night. Welcome to the High and Low podcast, episode number eight. I'm Ike Emetri and today's starting lineup is Hugo and Stephen Leslie. Uh, We talk about basketball anywhere, any place, any time. You know, I'm constantly reminded of that and how amazing technology truly is. I'm I'm on the go. You know, I'm on a train getting from point A to point B, but I'm still able to record this podcast. You know, you go. I mean, he's in the middle of a grocery store gathering everything he needs to make jalapeh for for Giannis. Yeah, yeah. Um, Steven, Steven's at a swimming pool playing basketball with an oversized beach ball and playing overly aggressive defense on his wife. (laughs) You know, all that to say, we're all over the place, but we're all here. You know, I greatly appreciate your time, gentlemen. You know, thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining us another week, another episode, more NBA, more high and low. Um, you know, last week I told a quick story about a friend of mine and you know, I followed up by telling five friends, right? So four out of the five actually responded by saying I'm already listening. <laughs> so so now I have to f- find four more people. You need new uh, friends. <laughs> that's that's the thing i need <laughs> new friends man. Right? actually you know some of those people said steven already told me so yeah i do need new friends <laughs> um <laughs> there you go there you go so yeah man you know i'll find my i'll find some more. get them listening uh so but with no strings attached because people when i when i ask some people to listen to the podcast but like, yo can i be on it it's like well okay why don't you just listen um uh, but i hope you guys have better luck than me Um, But anyway, let's let's quickly jump into DeLorean uh, and get into what happened this week in NBA history. So last week we talked about Kobe wanting to coexist with Shaq and they did. They did coexist long enough to win three straight titles together. But that all came to an end this week in 2004. On July 14th, Shaquille O'Neal was traded to the Miami Heat for Lamar Odom, Karan Butler, Brian Cook and a future first. So Shaq would go on to team up with young Dwayne Wade and win one more title in Miami, while Kobe would win two more with Lamar Odom and Pagasol. Gasol. Um, so, yeah, you know, they both moved on, but it seemed like they both benefited. I'm pretty sure they probably would have won one more, like two, three, four, maybe four championships together, but we'll never know.
1: I said That's way more than that last week, man. I, I was calling <laughs> seven, seven, eight, man. Just rip right through everybody.
0: Seven and eight on top of the, the three that they won together? No, in total. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think possibly, possibly. On July 16th, uh, 2008, uh, Compton's own Brandon Jennings uh, became the first American player to go directly from high school to a European pro team uh, when he signed a contract with uh, L'Automatica Virtus Roma in the EuroLeague. Uh, so Brandon Jennings was a high school phenom. Uh, at this point in uh, 2007, 2008. He was on the cover of Slam Magazine with Drew Holiday, Tyreek Evans, and Lance Stevenson. I think we know those guys. Um, He had his pick of the top schools, man. He was originally set to attend the University of Southern California. Um, Instead, he committed to Arizona so he could play with Jared Bayless. There's a story there that I need to dive into. Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying, I'm trying to understand why Jared Bayless would be the deciding factor in going to a school, but Hey, he's a former Raptor. So we'll give him a pass. Um, but he, Brandon Jennings changed his mind, he changed his mind and he wanted to play pro ball, but the NBA required players to be at least 19 years old and one year removed from high school. That's the rule. So he, so Brandon Jennings went to, he went to Italy. Uh, for a year. The contract would debt Jennings 1.65 million guaranteed. Um, He also signed a $2 million contract with Under Armour. So at 18 years old, man, I I can only imagine how he would spend that kind of money. Uh, But I hope he had a good financial advisor. We'll get into that later. Uh, But anyway, a year later, Jennings would go on to the draft. So he got drafted at number 10 by Milwaukee. But again, that's a little something for NBA history nerds. Uh, in present day NBA, things are happening as usual, and we have some news. So I'm going to recline in my seat and enjoy the view while Steven gives us some updates.
2: So we got some NBA news going on over the past week. The uh, Toronto Raptors arrived in Orlando at the Orlando Bubble, and I think they won the Best Team to Arrive award. It came in an all <laughs> matte black uh, bus. I think it was like three, two or three buses.
0: Uh, yeah, I saw I saw the pictures.
2: It's was painted kind of nice, so check that out. And if you guys want, it's
0: champs see on the back. Just, uh, yeah.
2: Black it does.
1: matter on the side.
2: Check that out yeah. and see how it is. Um, so some players posted the food that they were have already received at the bubble, and it looks like some lunch lady type food. So we'll see how that changes, because uh, you know some other guys said if you think LeBron's eating that. You're mistaken. <laughs> we got more players who've opted out of the restart. Bradley Beal, Spencer Dinwiddie, Victor Lodipo. Um, so the Brooklyn Nets have signed Jamal Crawford and Michael Beasley. So they're coming with a whole new roster.
0: Goodness.
2: And uh, well, the Nets so far, they've lost Dinwiddie, Kyrie, DeAndre Jordan, Wilson Chandler, Nicholas Claxton. He had an injury, though. And then recently, uh, Torin Prince. So hmm. I don't really know who's going to be coaching and playing that team because I couldn't name their coach beforehand, anyways. Yeah,
1: yeah. The uh, the, the, the coach like bye week. Yeah. yeah, but the coach stepped down before COVID, didn't he?
2: Right. See, so I don't. Yeah, yeah so I don't know who's coaching and who's playing.
0: Yeah, is uh, um, Levert playing? Karis Levert's on the roster.
2: I think he's the only one. Uh, okay. They posted a. Uh, someone posted a. You know when uh, Will Smith was in the the house alone. The last episode of Fresh Prince. Hey, yeah, and said that, that was Lever, that's Lavert looking for the team,
0: right? <laughs> um they should just Alan. Alan's, Alan's nice in the middle, man. He's he's they but that's need, about
1: it. They should just forfeit. This is ridiculous.
2: No. Uh the NBA set their uh scrimmage schedule. So I think the entire bubble experience is going to be a scrimmage anyways. So I looked at a couple other games. Uh, games I'm looking forward to seeing are Dallas versus Lakers, Houston versus Toronto Raptors, and then the Celtics versus Houston Rockets as well. I think those are the only three games that are good for the top teams just to feel themselves out and get back into the flow. But most yeah. of the other top teams are facing trash. And then a bulk of players decided to uh, go. I don't know if it was a mandatory day, but a bulk of players uh, headed to the bubble today. Uh, you had Rajon Rondo, who's a little upset at his hotel room, and posted a picture with uh, his room and said, um, "Motel Six, huh?" But the same room, I guess. Myers, Leonard, um, Patrick Beverly, and Lou Williams—they had a good setup with T-shirts, gummies, candies, even a little podcast setup. Um, so I guess Lou Williams gonna rap and do another mixtape while he's there. The Dallas Mavericks, they did a little TikTok where they're outside in their balcony acting like they were DJs. So some guys are having fun with it, but it seemed like it was move-in day today.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen the the video of Joel Embiid? Yes. On his way to- in the hazmat <laughs> No, I haven't suit. seen it. In a hazmat suit? Oh, but he also really? took some
2: photo shoots. Uh, I saw him coming down the plane again. I don't know if he was leaving. Stopped, turned to the side, took a little photo shoot. So I was like, all right. He did say something that was interesting that... um all he does is play video games, so he knows he'll be safe in the bubble, but he can't trust <laughs> other players. So some guys are, you know, dead set on, hey, they're
1: going to make this work. Yeah. You know somebody will sneak out. People will sneak out. That's, you know that's going to happen.
0: Kemba said the same thing. He's like, he doesn't go out. I think people yeah, are going to sneak
1: Listen, in. That's what they say until they're swiping on Twitter uh, or on their, what's, what's the high-end uh, dating apps that those guys use? And they see something that's like, you know. At Animal Kingdom uh, Resort or whatever, and they're gonna be like, "Yo, let's let's link, man. Let's link."
0: (laughs) Oh, it's all fun and games until one of the top players has to sit out two weeks.
1: Yeah, it doesn't even have to be a top player, man. It could be a bench guy that knows he's not doing much, and then it's all over.
0: But what I'm saying is that if it affects one of the top players, let's say, oh yeah, let's let's say one of the guys on Milwaukee decides to do that, next thing you know, Giannis has to uh, sit out two weeks because he's got COVID and it's in the middle of a playoff run. You know, it's not like he he can be listed as day-to-day, you know, two weeks, done.
1: That's going to be... If if it doesn't get out, maybe that player is safe, but that's, like, literally career assassination, right? Like, if you thought it was bad for Rudy Gobert, anybody who gets any top star sick in the bubble, oh, man, I (laughs) I don't even want to (laughs) imagine. So...
2: Terry Rozier, who's on the Charlotte Hornets, his owner's Michael Jordan. Um, he put out a statement this week saying, quote unquote, just actually seeing the last dance, I learned so much. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that they won three straight. So <laughs> if I'm your owner, I'm, I'm firing you. I don't know what I can do, but I ain't paying you anymore. You can take me to court for a year. <laughs> but if you didn't know that Michael Jordan won three straight, Six in a six, but three straight. You didn't know six. that? Nah, I ain't paying you no more.
1: You, Wait, wow! I, I gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. When was he born? It doesn't That's matter. No, doesn't no, matter. no. I give him the benefit of the no. doubt. So he was born in 1994.
0: So you yeah. go yeah. when you go. You go when you go
2: for a job interview. You look up stuff on your employer.
1: Listen, I You're, do. I don't know if I listen. Terry probably didn't do that, man. I'm just saying.
2: Jordan gave him fifty million dollars.
1: He needs to take that back.
0: He listen, just talked himself out of another contract. I,
1: listen, I'm not saying that he should that it's it's a proud thing. Like that's like somebody walking like you know how it is, right? You could meet so, you can meet like listen, I, I know you're married, Stephen, so no disrespect. But I know you could meet a, let's say you were single and you met a gal and you were talking about Kobe and a gal say to you, like, Who's Kobe? <laughs>
2: <Where> does, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hold on. Where does our this girl a work? Deal. Where does our girl work? She doesn't work for the NBA. She doesn't work for the team.
1: I, I, I know, but I—it's to me—it's like you know. I get it. Like you might be like, "Well, who's Kobe?" And it's like, "What do you mean, who's Kobe?" Right? But it, it's fine. She enough. may legitimately have never seen any basketball, never heard of the man in any way, shape, or form. You know, I—I'll I, give him the benefit of the doubt. It's right. not a good thing to be in not, the NBA and not know who Jordan not is. Give but I'll give him the, of the benefit doubt. of
2: the doubt. He's played high school, college nba you're telling me he's never heard until 2020 that jordan won three
0: straight where has he been okay. L- listen okay, me- jordan, jordan has pictures iconic pictures of photos of him I- holding all his rings
1: listen, let me give you a story okay so you remember when kobe bryant passed away god rest his soul yeah. okay listen all the kids at my daughter's school non-stop Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Kobe, 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 Kobe. That's all they talked about. Yeah. I sit there and I go to her like, well, what about Michael Jordan? Who? But she's a child.
0: But she's she's seven years old, man. Yeah.
1: But this is what I'm saying. Some of these some of these kids just don't know. They have this recent recent theory kind of thing where it's like, listen, Yeah. If it didn't happen in the last ten years, man, I know. You know what I mean? So
2: now you're disrespecting Rosier saying he has the brain of a seven year old. That's yeah, what I'm taking. From
1: I I will go forward with that. All I'm right. here. i helping you because
2: I don't see how you can defend this man.
1: Listen, maybe he avoided the internet. Kyrie Irving thought the Earth was flat. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, man, these this is a new breed of player, man. Like, what are we going to deal with, guy?
0: Those Boston guys, man. I, I don't trust any of them. It's just. It's just...
1: Just it for spending me. more money than he has. You know what? Unless Paul
0: doing the doo-doo. You have one guy doo-doo in his pants. And- Unless they tricked
2: us, yeah. and just to stay relevant, because they're not going into the bubble, Jordan told this guy to say that. I think Jordan, I see Jordan doing some crap like this, don't you? Where's Sean? Sean, <laughs> yeah, do you hear what yes, I'm he saying? <laughs> this is all a scheme. It's all a scheme by yes, Jordan.
1: God. Yes, There's God. I was here to
2: do this so the team can stay relevant.
1: I exactly. That. Send
2: them a, a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, everyone's getting pizzas in that bubble. <laughs> five five, guys, five guys to the door.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: Oh, man.
1: That's a good one. That's a good one. All
0: right. Well, I have a little more news. Sources around the league say that we're taking a break. <laughs> but when we return, we're looking at some of the most one-sided deals we've ever seen. Um, and the honest sign and trade hasn't happened yet, Hugo. So can't can't accept that one. That's not a one sided deal. Not yet. So, but maybe this time next year, maybe. Not we'll yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. This high and low. This message is brought to you by High and Low. When we talk about dominant teams in NBA history. The 95-96 Bulls and the 2015-16 Golden State Warriors immediately come to mind. However, the 1985-86 Celtics would most likely be a third on that list when they dominated that season with 67 wins. Larry Bird wasn't the cockiest player, but he knew when he had a team in his palm, and he knew it on Valentine's Day in 1986 when the Blazers played host to the Celtics. Legend has it that Larry decided he was going to play a portion of the game with his left hand. Scoring 22 of his 47 points with that hand. When he had to hit the game winner in overtime, he went back to his right hand, but, you know, that's still legendary. After the game, reporters asked Larry Bird why he did it. Larry simply said, I'm saving my right hand for the Lakers. Two days later, the Celtics beat the Lakers, led by Bird's 22 points and 18 rebounds. That's why he's a legend. Back to the show. And we're back. This is High and Low Basketball Podcast, and I'm Ike Mechie with Stephen Leslie and Hugo. Uh, Sean, we'll see you next week. Uh, so when we think of basketball, we think NBA. In the 70s, the American Basketball Association was just as synonymous with basketball as the NBA was. Uh, it had teams and players that can compete with the NBA. Uh, some of the best players to ever play in NBA uniforms came from the ABA. Players like Dr. J, George Gervin, Artis Gilmore, Moses Malone, Rick Barry, David Thompson. list goes on. And, uh, you know, these players gave the ABA cachet, so much so that the leagues merged in 1976. So of the seven teams that finished the 76-77 ABA season, uh, four were accepted into the NBA fold. The San Antonio Spurs, Indiana Pacers, New York Nets, and Denver Nuggets. I'm going somewhere with this. So the Virginia Squires, Kentucky Colonels, and the Spirits of St. Louis were left out in the cold. So although St. Louis was left out, Daniel and Ozzy Silna, the owners of the Spirits, turned that moment into one of the greatest deals in the history of sports. So the Squires folded right after the season. And the Colonels were bought out by San Antonio, Indiana, New York, and Denver for $3.3 million. But the Spirits of St. Louis held out for more. The Silna brothers negotiated a deal with San Antonio, Denver, Indiana, New York that would pay the St. Louis owners $2.2 million in cash up front and an additional one-seventh share of the four teams' TV broadcast revenue. And I quote, for as long as the NBA or its successors continues in its existence. This is significant. So in in return, the spirits would fold, right? So the Silna brothers would get a check from the NBA every single year, representing four-sevenths share of the TV money that would normally go to each NBA team. Or basically that's equivalent to like 2% of the league's TV revenue. So an additional stipulation was put in place here and stating that their share could not drop below the amount generated by a 28-team league, right? So even with the expansion to 30 teams, the share only decreased by just a minor amount. All this to say, Ozzie and Daniel Silna attempted to make a deal that could potentially parlay into an NBA franchise. That didn't happen, but they got the next best thing. These guys made millions in the 80s. In the 90s, they received $4.4 million from the league per year. They made $12.5 million per year from 1999 to 2002, $15.6 million per year from 2003 to 2006. It went up to $17.45 Per year by 2011 and $20 million per year by 2014. The Silner brothers have received over $300 million up to that point. And I mean, this is for a team that never played a second of basketball in the NBA. That's what I call fleecing. And it brings to mind other one-sided deals in league history. So this was fleecing at the ownership level, but what are the criminally one-sided situations can you guys think of?
1: So going back to that, that um, fleecing the original one, like, so I, I, I want to, I'm pretty sure at some point Stern tried to get out of that deal. And he did. Yeah. And did he actually get out of it or they wouldn't let him get out of it?
0: The NBA was tied up in litigation with the Mm -hmm. Silners for years Mm -hmm. because they were trying to get out of it. But, Mm The con- but the contract language was so ironclad. Mm-hmm. So essentially what they had to do was they had to essentially buy out the Silna's. Yes, I think okay. they, they had to pay them. So the four teams had to pay $500 million. Yeah, they had to big, pay them $500 yeah, million. Some
1: big lump sum. And then it's like, okay, yeah. fine, you're free. Yeah. And that was, was in
0: 2014. And they had to agree to drop the litigation as well.
1: Yeah. So I, I wouldn't necessarily call it fleecing because – I do know at the time when they were making those TV deals, like NBA was getting like peanuts for those deals, right? And I truly believe there was no really big expectation that, because at the time, a lot of people were actually going to games. Like that's where the money was. And they weren't going to get any of that revenue, right? And then TV, you know, was still in its infancy, at least sports-wise. So, you know, at that time, you're not really talking a lot of money. And they probably didn't really think, well, in 20 years, you know, the majority of people will probably only consume sports through TV, right? Um, mm, they, so I, I
0: think they did because they helped get the Virginia Squires their deal, right? But they yeah. they learned they learned from that and they knew that because it was a merger, you're looking at expansion at that point, yes, right? Yes, and so. If you're expanding the league, you're expanding your business, mm-hmm. and they knew that TV revenue was a potential money tree for a number of years. Mm-hmm. like They were looking just to get some, get some additional change in their pocket, mm-hmm. but also stay in business with the NBA because they, they wanted to get an NBA franchise.
1: Yes, I remember they were you trying know? to make up enough money so they could buy a team and then be back in the league, so to speak, and, and that never happened. Right.
0: That, that never happened. And it yeah. wasn't going to happen because of the fact that the league ended up paying these guys a lot of money every single year. And, so, and yeah. you know, at, at that point, you know, the league tried to get out of that deal very early. Mm-hmm. And so when you're tied up in litigation with, with these individuals, there's no way you're going to turn around and say, hey, we'll give you a franchise. Yeah, so right. that was out the window. Yeah, But the reason why I call it a fleecing is because other teams were bought out, other teams folded. Mm-hmm. But the Silner brothers knew that they can get a little bit more. Mm-hmm. They only took 2.2 2 million dollars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whereas the Squires took 3.3 3, mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. thinking that okay they got out they got out with something but it's like no we're going to get we're going to get shares mm-hmm. um the fact that they were able to get 300 million dollars in that period of time mm-hmm. is to me like just looking at it overall that's that's thievery mm-hmm. they didn't play a single game in the league meanwhile these guys made 300 million dollars
1: i mean is it fleecing or is it a smart play like that We've seen through different sports, those long-term deals seem to come back and haunt every single team, right? Yeah, you know, you don't have to pay me now. You could pay me a certain percentage over the next 20 years. And then, you know, you end up realizing like, man, there's more money coming out of my pocket than I should have. I should have just paid him everything now and been done with it kind of thing.
0: This episode of the High and Low Basketball Podcast is brought to you by the Brandon Jennings Comeback Tour. Every new podcast, the NBA players will be recording in the Bubble Out of Boredom and the Delete Eight in Chicago. Shout out to Joey. Back to the show.
1: So, um, so you know, usually we associate ourselves with contracts and stuff like that. I. I, I actually was trying to like, uh, you know, there was a good question you posted this week, Eka. I, I actually tried to look for deals or stupid things that franchises have done or the league has done that made people wonder, like, why would why would you even why would you even do this? They, this doesn't benefit you in any way, shape, or form. Who are you listening to? And unfortunately, Google failed me in that sense. So <laughs> it is what it is. So the first one, I'll say, I don't, I don't even want to call this a bad deal. I just want to call it stupid. Okay. Yeah. Any Anyone who basically gives Chandler Parsons a contract, okay? <laughs> I, listen, I, I wish I was this dude, okay? You know, I, I, honestly, I can't remember what school he came off, came out of off the top of my head. But I swear, I don't know if that man's ever played a full NBA season. I don't even know if he's played 50 games. But somehow, this man has money in the bank oh for goodness, doing nothing. Sure. You know what I mean? And then I hear him, like, having little Twitter wars with certain players here and there. I think he had a, a little spat with C.J. McCollum a while back, and, and C.J. was kind of like, dude, like, who are you? Nobody's ever seen you on the court the last two years. You know what I mean? But yeah. the man is still getting paid. Like, he got a contract from the Blazers. He got a contract from Houston. He got a contract from the Mavericks. Yo, but you don't play. <laughs> like... How do you get paid and you don't – and he he gets, like – I don't want to say max contracts, but he gets, like, these, like, mid-level, like, half-decent player contracts, but he doesn't play, (laughs) right? So, anybody who signs that that fool, I'm like, listen, I don't care what you say. You can't be watching YouTube videos of what he did when he was in high school thinking that's going to translate to something on the court because ain't nobody see that dude on the court. And when he gets on the court, he seems to get hurt, like, two or three days later. So – that's my that's my stupid deal.
0: <laughs> well, you know, with Parsons, it's not really about what he does on the court. Um, I don't know if Steven has more to add to this, but when especially when he was in Dallas, Chandler Parsons was a big part of the recruitment process. So the Dallas Mavericks leaned on him, especially when it came to the whole uh, DeAndre Jordan uh, fiasco. Chandler Parsons was heavily involved in that whole process um he he's a guy that you know that the mavericks relied on to take to take free agents out on the town and you know all this stuff wine and dine reach out
1: and the, so, know, so he was a expensive valet so he was a valet
0: and, and that's why they didn't
2: get deandre jordan
0: exactly yeah he, I, I was, he, he, he wasn't effective enough in that in that respect listening. but he had that reputation he has that reputation around the league though
1: I got to talk to this dude, man. I want to know how I can make that kind of loop, man. Memphis Grizzlies, I remember he went there. I I swear I didn't see him bounce a ball in a real game, right? Atlanta Hawks. Listen, I don't even know how he found Atlanta.
2: With Chandler Parsons, you got to credit James Harden. James Harden made him look better than he was because it was Harden, Dwight, Lynn was a point guard. So people were more focused on Harden and Dwight. So Chandler was in the corner just chucking up threes, right? Everyone thought he was consistently uh, a three-point hitter, but the injuries failed him. But he wasn't – his contracts always outweighed his performance. I'll put it that way. But I would still sign his contracts if I was him. Really? 100%. If I was him, I would sign them.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: If you were him, though, yes.
1: Yeah, Yeah, of course. Yeah, if you offer me that money. Oh, sorry. I thought as a GM you would offer him the contract. Uh, I was about to say, dude, you're going to fail that class.
0: If you look at Chandler Parsons, I mean, this is a guy that's six, nine. you know, he can shoot the three. Every now and then, he would just have that one game that would make people believe that he was better than he actually is, you know. And just when that would start to dissipate, he would have another one. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, he had a game where he hit 10 threes, you know. Yeah. So it's like almost every general manager in the league, it's like they have this dialogue going on in their head if he's healthy he can be productive oh, really? you know it's like no but he, he's never going to be healthy
1: yep okay so yeah. let me give you this number okay he's played 9 seasons in the nba all right he's made almost 127 million dollars okay how does, how how does that make sense <laughs> okay <laughs> Like, yeah,
0: that's pretty good. That's pretty good for a guy drafted in the second round. That's
1: done <laughs> nothing. That's the thing I can't get. Like I look at this dude, and I'm like, guy, like you've made more money than some of the top dudes in the game today. You know what I mean?
2: You guys are talking about uh, teams fleecing other teams or people fleecing other teams. I'm going to talk about finesse. If <laughs> if we're looking more at finesse? If we're looking at short-term impact or longevity of a career or championships, to me, the most criminally one-sided trade in NBA history happened in 1996 when the Charlotte Hornets drafted Kobe Bryant 13th overall and then traded him to the Los Angeles Lakers for Vladi Divac. (laughs) No matter what way you spin it, if you look at the numbers, Kobe came in and... Already won a dunk championship rookie year, was uh, NBA All-Rookie second team, two-time scoring champion, three-time defensive second team, nine-time defensive first team, two-time NBA third team, two-time NBA second team, 11-time NBA first team, four-time All-Star game MVP. He was in the All-Star game for 18 seasons out of his twenty. Um, MVP in 2008 two-time NBA Finals MVP won five championships two gold medals as an Olympian one gold medal in FIBA and that's just his side then when you go to look what Divok has done
0: it's really short
1: here we go (laughs) he made
2: the 2001 NBA All-Star Game
1: (laughs) I actually thought there was more (laughs)
0: That's it <laughs> this this, you know, this segment's a done deal man <laughs> um, but when we when we come back we're still talking about the money uh, or at least the uh, the money some players seem to treat like toilet paper uh, but we'll we'll get into that after the break this high and low this trivia moment. Is brought to you by the High and Low Basketball Podcast.
2: So, guys, uh, there are four Lakers that are on the top ten NBA Finals total assist list.
1: Oh my God! Here we go.
2: Yeah, because you know you won't get it. Just want to know if you guys can name <laughs> if you guys could name all four we'll
1: see. Finals assist record. Uh, Sorry, to- the total. There the are four.
0: List. How many Lakers? Four of them. Can I I say Magic? Magic Magic is definitely number one.
2: So Magic Johnson is number one with 584 assists.
1: Derek Fisher? Uh, mm. No Derek Fisher? No,
2: and that's your only two guesses. I can't guess the last two.
1: What? Oh, man.
0: Well, uh, okay, LeBron, because LeBron's a Laker.
2: LeBron is second with 379 assists, yep.
0: Goodness gracious, 379. Okay. Uh, is kobe on it is kobe yeah, i
1: it? almost want to say that i'm thinking
0: that too but i don't maybe know maybe kobe yeah i'm thinking kobe
2: kobe bryant is 10th with 187 assists Ah,
1: uh, okay there you uh. go so wait kobe, so is somebody higher than kobe
2: uh lower because oh, it's top 10 less kobe's 10 magic's first lebron's second and third with 306 assists is Jerry West. Jerry West. Yeah. Yes. okay, there you go. Okay,
0: okay. And we talked about this guy earlier. Yeah. Of course. Uh,
2: on a surprising that- note, though, do you know who's not far off at 12? Who's not a Laker? is Draymond Green. I'm like, what? what? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I
1: think, yeah, I know, forget. He's
0: above, above steph curry yeah
1: yeah he has 184 yeah. i think assists but don't forget he set yeah. up a lot of guys over the over the last five years though right yeah, that yeah was, but five years yeah <laughs> i can <laughs> see that happening
0: oh yeah they've had a big they've had a long run listen so if maybe... i can
1: chuck the steph and clay i mean that's an easy assist right there you know what i mean yeah i'm surprised where's Derek fisher because he's been there a long time too
0: but Derek Fisher wasn't an assist man.
2: Yeah, Fisher was a three pointer. We did this last week. Were you listening?
1: Yeah. Okay,
2: no. He was a. He was a shooter. <laughs> He's not the passing
0: guy. He, he gave you the corner three. Yeah.
2: Uh, okay. Jameer Nelson's <laughs> eye. <Good morning. laughs>
1: Flash from the past. <laughs> yeah, who's yeah. on that list? I'm curious now too.
2: Uh, I can give you the list. Fourth is Bill Russell. Five. Bob Cousy, mm-hmm. sixth; Goodness. Dennis Johnson, okay. seventh; and really? respectively is Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Okay. Uh, nine, John Havlicek. Yeah, these are old school
0: guys.
2: Larry Bird is tenth. Yeah,
1: old school. guys. Okay, yeah. no, that's a good trivia, man. That's a good trivia. That's
0: good. That's a good one. Nice. Yeah, he did well. All right, but Lakers, next week again. It, it, it can't can be Laker related. I
2: say yeah. something though. The last two <laughs> trivia, they were not Laker related. They were Finals related. Lakers just happened to be. Oh, in here we go. spots. I can here do.
0: How do you position? the question. Oh. You say you know, there are four Lakers on the top ten. That's what you I, said I, I, last yeah, week.
2: If there's four guys on one team in the top ten, that's a pretty good team. You want me to talk about the the team that has one guy in? Then it's hard. Like, oh, name the one guy. Then it's hard for for you guys because you guys are gonna name one out of of
1: ten. That's harder. But when I give you the never, option, four, and a ten. never question, never question the quiz master. quizmaster. Well, <laughs> from
0: what you from what you just told me, there are four Boston Celtics on that top ten. Stop <laughs> Stop it. It. <laughs> so you know, you, you said what Bird, Havelcheck, uh, Kuzi, and Russell. Okay. Those are four, and, no five and Dennis Johnson. So look at this. I am, guy. I am
2: this. not allowed to speak on the Boston Celtics. There you go. There
1: you
0: go. All right.
1: Yeah. We know. Anyway, we know every every answer is Laker related. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Anyway, back to the show. Back to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to High and Low. So, in the last segment, we topped off the conversation with the story about how the. uh, the owners of the spirits of St. Louis flexed their financial muscle and got one over on the league. Um, Some players have been able to financially flex and benefit from the wealth of the NBA. Uh, Some players uh, like, well, I mean the players that come to mind are like Iguodala, uh, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, LeBron James, Kobe, Steph Curry, Carmelo. Uh, You know, they've, they've invested well, you know, and they've invested wisely and increased their wealth tenfold as players. However, there is a cadre of players that have turned the mismanagement of an NBA salary into an art form. So, you know, when you present a young man with a multi-million dollar contract, you know, amounts of money that they've never seen before, it, it can be a recipe for disaster, especially when they're surrounded by people that don't have their best interests at heart. But generally speaking, you know, financial literacy is, is a must for any young person, but it should be mandatory for a young man entering a world of luxury and fame. Uh, so, for every Andre Igudala, you might have several Antoine Walkers. Well, well maybe not several. Uh, Antoine Walker is a special kind of person to be able to lose that kind of money. Um, but with NBA players living paycheck to paycheck, you know, game checks are extremely important and uh, possibly an impetus for many agreeing to return to play later this month. Uh, but the fact that they're living paycheck to paycheck brings this, it brings their financial acumen into question along with those advising them, you know, months ago, Chris Paul urged players to handle their money better, uh, while, while they were off, uh, you know, from with the, within the suspended play, you know, you know, it's a key component of life for, for both normal folk like us and professional athletes, you know, careers aren't forever, you know, as we, uh, as we've seen, you know, we talked about, Talked about our guy Brandon Jennings. We're talking about Chandler Parsons. You know, you know, careers can be very short. Um, So eventually, the money tree falls. And with that in mind, what players, in your opinion, uh, have made the worst financial choices with their money? Uh, And the second part of that question, though, if you were their advisor, you know, what would you what would you do? You know, what's uh, you know how how would you advise them to to manage their their new money or their old money?
2: So there's a couple of players that come to mind. Um, Luttrell Spreewell he's made, what, like $97 million in his career. Um, only reason why I bring him up is because um, 2004, he turned down a $21 million uh, deal from the Timberwolves, I believe. Because um, yeah. he said, you know, he needs... Money. He, he has a family to feed and that wasn't enough money for him
0: <laughs> I never really
2: understood that but then I was younger at the time but now thinking you know what if he came with a different approach on you know league revenues going up and I think I'm going to be worth this much going forward something like that but the whole family to feed thing off 21 million dollars seems to be fine so I don't know why he turned that down but um, in the future, he ended up defaulting on a $1.5 million mortgage and having his house foreclosed. It's a oh, sad situation. Uh, his yacht got repossessed. So all the finer things in life got taken away from him, but I hope he is doing better uh, or at least living a above-normal lifestyle and he isn't in too much debt now, like millions of dollars in debt, because that would suck, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, for sure. Another player is Darius Miles. So he was drafted out of high school, handed millions as soon as he came out, and his career earnings were $62 million. But in 2016, he listed all his assets in bankruptcy, but his liabilities were a lot greater and had to uh, repay creditors. The sad part is that the creditors took assigned Dirk nowitzki shoe, who just recently retired, and assigned LeBron James' jersey. And he only received about $12,000. Now, when you think about these jersey swaps and things like this that are so relevant now, I never thought that, you know what, like an NBA player would use another NBA player's shoe that was signed to get mm-hmm. themselves out of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty sad. Um,
0: that's a smart move. you think if some players... Some play, uh, <laughs> well, if, it if depends. It gets you out of debt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends. It depends on the profile of the player. Let's let's just say, you know, if it's like the the, the sixth man or you know one of the rotation guys, you know, coming up to LeBron after a game, hey, you want to swap jerseys? Just thinking about his fu- his financial future.
2: future. But yeah. hey, he only made twelve thousand dollars out of it, so yeah, that
0: wasn't a lot. That's for sure.
2: You can work a couple months and get that. But um, as for the advice portion. I know myself personally. Um, there's no advice I can give these guys. You know, you're giving millions of dollars to young players, players that come out of poverty and they want to live their best life. I probably would have done the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, I would just have good friends around me to not blow it all. At least give me five mil left in the bank, where I can uh-huh. invest or profit off that later on. Just, I feel sad for some of the players that this has happened to. But good luck to the younger ones because there's more – the NBA has, like, more symposiums on how to stop this from happening now, right?
1: Yeah, like, you know, they're dealing with money that, you know – I mean, it's always easy to say, well, if I was in your shoes, you know, I would be using my money more wisely, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, one of the things you kind of have to look at is, you know, for some people, uh, you know, they they just – they don't know how to deal with money. They've never had to learn how to deal with money, right? You know, these guys are coming from places and, you know, I'll uh, I'll quote the, uh, you know, the great, great, the late, great Biggie Smalls, you know, either you're slinging crack or you got a wicked jump shot, right? And once they, they have that talent and they take it to the NBA, I mean, that's all they've known, right? Nobody sat with them and said, hey, let me teach you how to manage money because you ain't got money. You can't manage money if you ain't got money. If your parents ain't got money, if your great grandparents ain't got no money, you know how are you gonna learn how to deal with money? Um, I applaud the MBA for trying to teach these guys how to deal with their money. Um, the, the other flip side I will say is that I think for people who are in the MBA, you start to see that um, a lot of players are not only relying on the MBA for that paycheck. So, you know, you got guys like Dwayne Wade making interesting fashion design choices. Um, You have some players like um, um, uh, Patrick Beverly and others becoming semi-professional gamers. Um, You know, people are investing in restaurants, nightclubs, you know, a whole bunch of other things. You know, Kevin Durant, like, you know, he's got his fingers into God knows how much stuff, even a lot of technology. Gilbert Arenas uh, is an underground app creator. So I think for a lot of NBA players, you know, I think they need to realize, like, I don't need to necessarily live off of one uh, revenue stream. Let me diversify and have maybe three or four or five revenue streams.
2: There was this uh, something I read a couple of years ago, and it was about Oprah, And I think they asked her when's the last time she's been to the bank and it was almost 30 years yeah So, like certain people yeah the money's there money's going in but they don't go to the bank
1: no ever they don't even care about money anymore yeah because it's, it's not even something that they need to pursue because they got enough of it <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean i gotta do yeah. something else like it's like bill gates and those guys i mean they, i mean they could be the most financial financially illiterate people on the planet but they got to a point where they made so much money that they just don't care anymore. Like whatever, I made three hundred million. Whatever. But I don't, don't care. think
2: those are the guys that we're <clears throat> talking about
1: because. Oh, definitely. Guys, no, I, I agree with you on that. They definitely. can lose a
2: hundred yes. mil, and hundreds coming from uh, Nike or Adidas or Under Armour. Right? Yes. Yes. But it's the. It's sad to say, but there's a hierarchy in rich, and it's mm-hmm. the bottom rich. <laughs> mm-hmm um they gotta watch out because they can't keep up with the top guys you know mm-hmm. yeah no. um yeah
0: and they'll want to and yeah yeah you know so and money's
1: power. money's power money's power status so you know it's like you know it's like they say that rich broke lifestyle right mm-hmm. i might be broke but if i can fake like i'm rich You know, so-and-so will give me the attention. So-and-so will give me the respect. So-and-so will do this. So-and-so. And And again, that's just a product of where they come from.
2: Once that NBA contract's over, it's like, what are you going to do after? Not everyone can make it as an announcer and go on TNT. I like TNT. I love those guys. Uh, I don't Mm -hmm. like the addition of, like, Dwayne Wade and guys like that. Because I'm like, bro, you've made a lot of money. What do you need to talk about? Go enjoy your life. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. Perkins, I don't think – I don't know how many – kids he has and if he has child support payments so this is still funding those but you never know you never know with guys right and what yeah, kind true. of bad hey, deal. according
0: to jalen rose that's one of the that's 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 one that's one of the tenets like yeah for guys who usually end up going broke mm-hmm. yeah it, it he child says support. it's it's the record labels the clothing lines and the child support yeah,
1: and family like um and
0: family yeah
2: i wanted to save this for another day but uh why do you think Matt Barnes is doing his podcast? He's paying child support payments for his twins, and Derek Fisher's yeah. is living. Derek Fisher's living in his house that he's still <laughs> paying for. monthly with his, uh, his ex-wife. Are ex you wife. serious? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's for another that's, day, that's, though. That's, I, I got that story on Raps for another. Yeah, that
0: yeah. I I remember that story. That's, that's, <laughs> so Derek Fisher's still living in that house.
2: Of course, oh, yeah. it's it's being paid for by Matt Barnes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right,
0: all
2: right. you know, when they say that you're living in someone's head rent free. Mm-hmm. That's Derek right mm-hmm.
1: now. <laughs> Remember, he was trying to fight him too. He uh, did. He, did fight he him. hit him, and then that's
2: what Derek yeah. got uh, kicked off the Knicks, right? As a coach, yeah. Because he said he was yeah. going to use a day to visit family, but really he was
1: visiting his other family. He was with
2: his
0: uh, he was fighting. He fighting. Yeah.
1: Hilarious. Yeah. So you know, I, and sometimes you never know. Some of these guys might just might might not care. They might just say, "Listen, I'm going to live the dream for as long as I can live the dream, and I'll take my fate." whatever it is when it's all said and done. So I can't fault them. You'd like them to be more responsible, but we've never had to deal with $5 million. You know what I mean? Some of us are just kind of like, shoot, if I can manage this $50,000 for the year, (laughs) I'm doing good, right? 5 million. Some people can't even imagine how to deal with that kind of money. You know?
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's a good conversation to have because it it relates to everyone, you know, so whether they are making 5 million or, make it 50,000, you know, all, all of the, all the principles still apply, you know, but uh, I just hope that they all, I just hope all these guys come out on, on the other side Mm -hmm. doing well, Um, you know, because I think that especially, especially players in the league, you know, these young guys, you know, there's so much that they can do for their communities. Mm -hmm. And I think if they're in, if they're financially strong, then it's only it only benefits their families and it only benefits the community. So,
1: so on a side note, that's one Mm -hmm. of the reasons why I know Draymond Green was not happy about the latest collective bargaining agreement, because he was a very big advocate of taking care of players that are out of the league. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I know in the last couple of years, the NBA players association has stepped up in providing health insurance for past players, um, you know, that have, have numerous issues and whatnot. So, you know, on one side of the fence, it's great to see that players and the league are trying to take care of their own. Um, but again, it shouldn't be expected, right? Like, you, yeah. you would hope that they would have some sort of, you know, sense to to handle their business. So you don't need, you know, these guys to come help and, and bail you out, so to speak. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to make a point of that because I think sometimes people feel like, you know, these guys are on their own and, and that's not necessarily the case.
0: Yeah. That's good. It's a good place to to end right there. Um, Yeah, we're way over, man. Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's because of John, damn it.
0: (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, man, this brings us to the end of another episode of the High and Low Basketball Podcast. So thank you, Hugo. Thank you, Steven. If you haven't done so, subscribe to High and Low on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you can find podcasts and leave a review. Let us know what you think. You know, share your thoughts on this week's conversation. Love to hear uh, people's thoughts on, you know, the financial aspect of this conversation. That's uh, I think it's really important. Um, Yeah, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Get High and Low. Where can listeners find you, Stephen?
2: Well, you guys won't be finding me because too many scammers are following me on Instagram now. <laughs> so
0: I just need a week. I just need a week off. All right, next week I'll put the handle back up. <laughs> You're pulling a Hugo today, okay? Puppy. <laughs> and, and nobody can find Hugo. He doesn't <laughs> like people. <laughs>
1: Don't like people. Maybe one day we'll see.
0: All right. Yeah. Once again, music by Live for the Enjoy Music Group and Sunny Rock all of the goodness. Sound design by Nick Ginsberg Produced by Ken Agui This is a Von Abraham podcast Just in case you didn't know On behalf of Stephen Leslie and Hugo I'm Ike Amici Thank you for listening to High and Low We'll see you next week
1: Chandler Parsons